Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we're talking about mail-in ballots. So grab your secrecy envelope. And let's get civical. say it i'm gonna say it right now hello everybody hello and welcome back to let's get civical i'm lizzie stewart and i'm arden walentowski and today we are not a dynamic duo but we are a dynamic trio we have a very very special guest with us today her name is chelsea celestan who's a recent graduate from harvard business and is one of the co-creators of an organization called March to the Polls, which is focused on getting young professionals civically engaged and educated as they go into the 2020 election. So welcome, Chelsea. Thank you. So happy to be here. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh my God. It is our pleasure. Absolutely our pleasure. I am, as you know, because I've said it to you a hundred times in a way that is close to being creepy. I'm such a fan. (laughs) such a fan of what you're doing and who you are and I'm so excited to talk with you today because today our dear beautiful listeners we are talking about mail-in ballots can you guess why (laughs) it's a little finger on the pulse here and I know that March to the Polls has talked a lot about mail-in ballots um, yeah because you guys oh tell us about the newsletter before we get started yes happy to so the way that March to the Polls works is twofold. So first we have a newsletter that comes out every Tuesday where we dive into different topics and try to help people really get educated and distill what's a lot of information that you're seeing in the media. And we basically do the Googling for you in order to come up with nonpartisan data sources to help explain an issue. So everything from gun policy to climate change to mail-in voting to voter suppression gerrymandering you name it things that we're seeing in the media um, it's really important that we understand and understand why it matters both at a federal level but also in local elections Um, so that's one big thing that we do and then we're also on instagram at march to the polls underscore so you can find a lot of information there as well we're really trying to key in on the whole social media sharing game too yeah it's huge right now the social media sharing game and y'all social media is great it's great <laughs> Thank it's, you. well it's like it's it's aesthetically pleasing but also it's so clear and it's so informative like you know it's there's no you don't make it hard for me to learn something going to your pages so everybody sign up for the newsletter. I sign up for the newsletter and I get the newsletter and it's amazing and it's informative and like very well done. Just a very well curated, helpful tool to have. But yeah, so today we're going to talk about mail-in ballots, hot, hot topic uh, this election cycle. Who, who knew? Who thought we would just be here being like, yeah, they're safe. There's not a lot of fraud despite what some people may say love it and just so you guys know we are recording this remotely and through zoom so please forgive the non-studio audio but we're simply just doing our best so here we go uh arden do you want to talk about our sources for today 
since since there is a uh, a gaggle. Yes, we have. Well, there's only four sources for today, but one of them has a very long list of contributors. So, you know, more power to them. First sources, like an interactive page on CNN that was either written or developed by Kurt Merrill, Daniel Wolf, Janie Boshma. I hope I got that, that last name right. Adam Levy, Ethan Cohen, which I saw that name and I was like, do we think? Do we think it's it's not the same Ethan Cohen? I think it's a different Ethan Cohen. I don't think it's, oh, brother, where art thou, Ethan Cohen? I don't think it's one of the Cohen brothers. I, I would love if that was his like side <laughs> gig to be like sort of like a political um, writer for CNN. But I do think that there might be another Ethan Cohen. Right. Okay. Just, I just, it struck me. I just thought it was funny. Liz Stark and Ian Barry. The second article is, is an article from CNN by Zachary B. Wolf. And then, of course, our friends at history.com. Jessica Pierce Rotundi wrote a great article about the history of how we got basically absentee voting and mail-in ballots. And then, last but not least, I found this blog post by this woman, Priscilla Southwell, who is a professor at the University of Oregon in political science of various types. And uh, it's from a website called The Conversation. And it was really a great, like, kind of blow-by-blow account of, like, how you mail-in vote in Oregon, which I thought was really, A, apropos to the conversation, but B, just, like, I love knowing all the little details. So, yeah, so we'll talk about that at the end. Okay. So... Here we go, everybody. Buckle up, because we're starting with the Constitution, which, God bless. Here we go. So when it comes to voting and the Constitution, this is from history.com. You're going to you're going to die. There is no step by step guide to voting in the United States Constitution. Article one, section four says that it is up to each state to determine, quote, the time, places and manner of holding elections. This openness has enabled the voting process in the United States to evolve as the country's needs have changed. So that's it. Just the boom, bang, boom. And the founding fathers were like, you know what? That's good. I feel like that's about all we need on voting. Just like let the states do it. Time, place, and manner. And they're like, let's have a drink. Amazing. Oh my God. (laughs) Okay. This is, oh no. The first paper ballots appeared in the early 19th century and were originally, you're going to die, blank pieces of paper. (laughs) 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 Was it like an 8 by 11? (laughs) (laughs) A blank piece of paper. Always doing, Chelsea, we say this all the time, that like our founding fathers did the absolute bare minimum on a lot of very important structural elements. And so it's not surprising to me that when they came up with the idea of paper ballots, they thought, sheet of paper. Exactly. And you know, the other thing, I wonder how much the founding fathers truly did. I feel like there are some founding father wives in there slash founding father others who were really the ones who were literate and writing. You are the wind beneath my wings. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, there's no way that all of their penmanship was that good. Sorry. Because guess what the women were doing? Nothing. They weren't allowed to do anything. And if I wasn't allowed to do anything, I would be totally focused on having amazing penmanship. Exactly. So anyway, so yeah, we're, it's early 18th, or early 19th century. We're getting blank pieces of paper. Here's the, here's the, the beginning of it all. So by the mid-1800s, they had gone to the other extreme. Political parties printed tickets with the names of every candidate pre-filled along party lines. I love that this is the extreme. That they were like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to do something crazy. We're going to list all of the candidates' names and their party. What? (laughs) Radical. Radical. Oh my gosh. It's, it's, It's white men doing the bare minimum and it being radical. Then it wasn't until 1888 that New York and Massachusetts became the first states to adopt pre-printed ballots with the names of all the candidates. Shout out to New York being a maverick, a trailblazer. Chelsea, I know you're not here in New York, but we always shout out to New York whenever she's just setting the stage. 
I'm here for it. New York at heart, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, so, like, very little info in the Constitution. Are we shocked and surprised? No. So now we're going to talk about, like, the two (laughs) types of voting by mail, which, you know, they... They are separate, although I think we tend to talk about them in, in like kind of overlapping terms, but they are two separate things. So the first is absentee balloting or absentee voting. Most absentee voting is done by mail. An absentee vote is a vote that's cast outside of the voting booth, traditionally for very specific and limited reasons. This is coming from CNN. And an absentee vote can either be like, you, some states have it where you have to have an excuse, so you're going away or you're sick or whatever, or some states have it where there's there's no excuse. You can just request an absentee ballot, no questions asked. The other type of voting is what we, is mail-in voting, and that's generally when, like, it's often called, like, universal vote by mail or all mail. It's an all-mail election. Not all mail is in men, all, like, paper mail, just to clarify. <laughs> Although sometimes you, you could, could fool, fool me. me. Yeah, so it's like, it's it's kind of the reverse, right? It's the proactive, like, this is what the state is doing, and everybody just gets the same thing, and you, the, the state sends you your ballot just automatically. You don't have to do a thing except fill it out and mail it back. Several states have moved to an all-mail-in voting system. Oregon is, like, the classic example of you this. You said it. You said, I did. Oregon. I said Oregon. Oh, Chelsea, Oregon. how do you say the state in which we are talking about? I've always said Oregon. Of course you have, because that is correct. Because you're normal. I don't know why I say Oregon. I think it's when I... It's a point of contention in this podcast. Because it's not consistent either. It's Right, because sometimes you say Oregon, and sometimes you say Oregon. Oh. Wait, do you guys also say New Orleans or New Orleans? I say New Orleans. I say New Orleans. Okay. New Orleans. Okay. What do you say? She's like, all right, okay, good. It's it's New Orleans. My dad's from there. I was born in Baton Rouge, so I... Oh has. my god. Does it change the game for you? I thought I liked you before. <laughs> Don't even say it right now. I'm going to jump through this Zoom call <laughs> and hug you. <laughs> you say anything <laughs> nice to me. <laughs> yeah. No, I Louisiana is my heart and soul for sure. Um, shout out to Louisiana. You know I love you. Hey. Yeah. Was So I have a, a emotional tie to New Orleans and I do for like very aggressively believe it's New Orleans. Yeah. So just like a New Orleanian would want us to pronounce it correctly. Yeah. I feel like an or- Oregonian maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would they, want us to say Oregon. Yeah. 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 So let's I not offend they... the entire state of Oregon, oh, my Oregon <laughs> and let's do this right. It's fair. It's fair. Okay. How about this? Oh God. It's so hard. Oregon, You're gonna get it. I'm going to get it. Oregon is a classic example of universal mail-in voting since mail-in voting is all they do, according to CNN. God bless Godspeed. It's true. It's I, When I found that out, I was like, that's insane. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was like the craziest concept to me. Like they just send you a, like there's no in-person, right? No, they it's all like you get it in the mail. Well, we're going to talk about it because I just, I okay. also found the whole process like really comforting that, that it's not just like, I feel like what New York would do if we had universal mail-in voting is like send you the slip of paper and then like you got to find your own postage and envelope to mail it back. Do you, like yeah. I feel like that's oh, for yeah. sure what New York would do. But Oregon is like, no, no, we send you two envelopes and it's all very secure. And there's a, like, it's, they do it right. Shout out to Oregon. Mm-hmm. Fun fact. Go fun fact. <laughs> we love fun facts. Fun fact coming from the M2P newsletter that mm. at least nine states plus DC have actually adopted the universal mail-in voting approach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm about it. I mean, yeah. if they're not making people provide their own postage because i'm not about that but if they provide postage as well i am with it yeah who has a stamp i could not tell you where (laughs) one is or the last time i saw one i put up buying stamps for like literally a month because i was like i don't want to go to the post office how do i where else can i buy a stamp because it's the only way that i pay my rent and i was like i actually need a stamp to like get this thing done for my life and uh, it was stressful. I got to tell you, it was stressful trying yeah. to find a stamp. But now, everybody, you can buy stamps online. And please buy stamps online to support the USPS, who yes. is tragically underfunded, as you can tell by our USPS episodes that we have already done. Go listen to those as well and support the USPS. 
Hashtag trying to save plug. so many trying to i'm trying to sh- save so many uh government entities right you're, now it's you've got so many balls in the air you're like these people these people please help them oh my god and i'm stretched too thin trying to keep things funded here <laughs> at least somebody is all right so let's talk about when did mail in balloting voting first start i love this let's go all the way back the first widespread instance of absentee voting in the united states was during the civil war why oh why would that be the logistics of a wartime election were daunting sure yeah president abraham lincoln told a crowd outside the white house in 1864 quote We cannot have free government without elections, and if the rebellion could force us to forego or postpone a national election, it might fairly claim to have already conquered and ruined us. Go off, Abe. Go off. That is a strong statement. I mean, it's the Civil War. Like, if you're not making strong statements in the Civil War, what uh, are you doing? 100%. I mean, that's why he had the tallest hat. Strong statements, tallest hat. Like, it was his, yeah, you got to be a leader. Sure. I love that he calls lead. it. I love if the rebellion, like, if these little fuckers could just stop messing around and just, you know, be with it. We, we, like, we could do this right, but they are feeling the need to rebel. So we've got to figure out this election. So we've got to figure out this election. What are we going to do about it? For sure. Yep. Ooh, this is, there's another callback coming up. So Bob Stein, director of the Center for Civic Leadership at Rice University, shout out to Rice University in Texas, um, close to where I was, was grown, where I grew up. He has said that Lincoln's Secretary of War, Edwin Stanton, who we've talked about because he's the one who barricaded himself behind a door. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. The guy who was like, I'm going to protest this and I'm going to barricade myself behind a door. And everybody was like, Edwin. Okay. Your name is Edwin. Edwin's behind the door. We've got to work. (laughs) So Back to the notes. So, yeah, Lincoln, Lincoln Secretary of War Edwin Stanton pointed out that there were a lot of Union soldiers who couldn't vote, so the president encouraged states to permit them to cast their ballots from the field. Oof. Yeah. That's a... Imagine, like, being at, like, Gettysburg and, like, <laughs> scribbling in the... Bang, bang, bang! Hold on one second. Lincoln. Bang, bang, bang! Yeah. <laughs> and, like... <laughs> sorry, uh, it's gnarly it's gnarly you know in the 1864 presidential election between lincoln and george mcclellan 19 union states changed their laws to allow soldiers to vote absentee i love that yeah some states permitted soldiers to name a proxy to vote for them back home while others created polling sites in the camps themselves isn't that ridiculous Wow, that's very dangerous. Yeah. Of course, yes. I mean, so, so dangerous. And also, God, what a brutal... Because, like, when, you, when I think about, like, Civil War camps, I th- it's, like, it's gnarly. Because, like, first of all, they all smell. Like, no offense, love the Union, happy that they won. But everybody smells. And, like, there's guys getting their legs amputated. The tent next door to you... And, 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 you know, walking around with blood all over them. And then it's like, I'm going to go in my tent and vote. Like, I appreciate the lengths that they went through to make sure that they could vote. Like, talk about really going above and beyond here. Like, I, if only we could have the same dedication now, you know? I think the thing that really floored me about that piece of information was the proxy. I love this, like, sure. honey, honey, you go vote for me. Go vote in my stead. <laughs> Darling, my my sunflower, will you will you be a dear and go and go vote for the next president? You will not get that right for another oh maybe eighty or so years, but go vote for me. Thank you, lollipop. I love you so much. <laughs> lollipop. <laughs> Although I bet the proxy could not be a woman. I don't know. I'm sure I'm sure if we dug deep into those laws, it was like <laughs> must be a white man with equal or like equal value of land ownership within the sure. you know, like I'm sure it had something like that. Yeah. It could probably be like the 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 man's, you know, ten year old son 
Jacob, but it couldn't be his wife. It's like Jacob who like can't read, you know, it's like, go and go and be a deer and go vote for daddy. You know, it's like, like, we're not talking about women's rights right now. We're not doing that. But also, you know, if people could be a poll worker on the battlefield, you can be a poll worker and get paid for it today. Yeah. Plug it in. Plug it in like it's a hair dryer. We're plugging. Um, (laughs) I have been approved to be a poll worker. I'm so excited. I'm going to take my like poll worker class this coming Saturday. Very exciting. Yeah. So I will keep reporting on my journey to the polls as a worker. Very exciting. Love it. Love that. Yeah. But everybody check out Power to the Polls because they're super great. I know you guys, March to the Polls, like collabs with them a lot. Yeah. But like check out their page at Power to the Polls if you're interested in becoming a poll worker in your state. It truly took me five to six minutes to do like to to apply basically yep we have a whole thing on our instagram and in our newsletter so if people need help finding that too they can find it through us find it through march to the polls march to the polls power to the polls hashtag polls be a poll worker for sure yeah i'm at sorry i love that that comparison of like if somebody was able to work a poll at a civil war battlefield camp you can shimmy out to, you know, shallow Brooklyn, go to a school, and sit there and look up people's addresses and help with the ballot. Like, you can do it. You yes. Can do it. Yes. Okay. So, back to uh, the history of uh, mail-in balloting. So, approximately 150,000 out of 1 million soldiers voted in the election in the 1864 presidential election, and Lincoln carried a whopping 78% of the military vote. Sure, that works. That feels, yeah. By the late 1800s, several states offered civilians the option of absentee voting, though they had to offer an accepted excuse, most commonly distance or illness, which, like, pretty much is state like is the reason today yeah it's like one of the one of the still one of the two main reasons yep absentee voting re-entered the national conversation during you guessed it world war ii when both franklin delano roosevelt and harry s truman encouraged military voting i can't it's like such new information to me that this was like such a thing because of the military yeah yep which makes sense it makes total sense because they're like they're out fighting for their country sure. they're and you know and how can they how can we send them out to fight for their country and then not allow them to have a say in who their president is who is their commander-in-chief like it all makes a lot of sense I, it just never would have occurred to me that that's how it started no yeah me either yeah oh. The Soldier Voting Act of 1942 permitted all members of the military overseas to send their ballots from abroad. Over 3.2 million absentee ballots were cast during the war. The act was amended in 1944 and, of course, expired at the war's end. Wishful thinking to think that we would not ever need our military to vote absentee again. Clearly, they did not anticipate the wars against Iraq and Afghanistan, but... (laughs) Sure. How could we have foreseen? How could we have foreseen the longest wars in our history? Sure, 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 sure. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Dick Cheney. Yeah. Hope you're well. <laughs> Hope you're well. I haven't thought about Dick Cheney in a very long time, and I was really happy about that. Yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> the movie was great, though. Mm, oh, my God. That was a really good movie. So, finally, legislation passed throughout the next few decades, making voting easier for servicemen and women and their families. The Federal Voting Assistance Act of 1955, the Uniformed and Overseas Citizens Absentee Voting Act. Oh, my God. What a terrible name. Yeah, it's horrible. The acronym acronym is literally U-O-C-A-V-A. U-O-C-A-V-A. Like, we we couldn't have come up with a better name. My goodness. So that one was in 1986. And the Military and Overseas Voter Empowerment, or MOVE Act, signed by President Barack Obama in 2009. So it's 
So as recent as 2009, we've had legislation about military absentee voting. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. We're going to take a quick break for a little word from our sponsors. So after, you know, they passed all these bills and then Oregon became the first state to switch to vote by mail exclusively in the year 2000. Like we said, Washington followed Amira 11 years later in 2011. This is the, oh, this is the part where I, I got really excited and put in all of the stuff about how Oregon does their, their, like the process of their mail-in ballots, because honestly, I've never done it. And I was like, how does this, like, I get it in theory, but I was like, what's the practicality of it? So this is all from this uh, professor's like, I don't know if it's her website or whatever, but it's from the conversation. So in Oregon, all registered voters are automatically sent a ballot about three weeks before election day. This gives people plenty of time to receive their ballots, consider the options and mark and return the ballots. They are also less likely to skip voting because of unanticipated events like illness or inclement weather or because of worries about making arrangements at work getting to the polls or waiting in long lines before being allowed to vote. Do you guys ever think this is a just this just gets me thinking, right? Do you ever think that we'll have voting online? Do you know what I mean? I think they try to do the whole like vote by like by phone in one of the primaries and it went horribly mm. wrong. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm just because I just I think about the you know because like as we continue to p- move and and push towards the digital like there's so much about elections that's so far behind the advancements that we've made technologically. I mean the fact that half the time we have like polling places where machines aren't working, you know, like we that sort of thing. But I think the response to that has been the opposite and has hasn't been like okay, well, let's lean into like more technologically advanced things to to make voting easier it's been like we actually really need to rely on paper ballots right you know, no, I know. So i'm just like, like i'm not saying that i want it to be all online or i yeah. think that like there isn't a huge security risk uh hello my hackers mm-hmm. <laughs> see you i'm just i don't know just thinking about oregon has yeah. me daydreaming about yeah. a time because they're like we just want to make this as easy as possible. Uh, as possible. Yep. And I'm like, yeah. wow. I yeah. mean, it's pretty uh, to to mail in a ballot is is re- especially if everything is sent to you is relatively easy. And yeah. I'm like, what's easier than that? But then of course, uh, people not everybody has access to technology, et cetera, et cetera. So that you yeah. get into that as well. I yeah. don't know. Mm-hmm. Look, sometimes I just I daydream about reforming this country. <laughs> and you know what? I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank goodness you are. Yep. <laughs> So in Oregon, after marking their ballot, the voter puts it into what's called a ballot secrecy envelope, <laughs> which if it's I- It's the name of my bedroom. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, such a, a ballot secrecy envelope. Oh my God, am Step I Step into my ballot secrecy envelope. <laughs> so good. Come on, you bunch of like, what a bunch of nerds. nerds. Like, what are we going to call this ballot? Oh, I don't know, Fred. How about the- the ballot secrecy envelope and it's like oh my god you know what sure so good your life live your best life Oregon. yeah i love what you're doing (laughs) so they put the 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 ballot into this ballot secrecy envelope which contains no identifying information and it prevents the election workers and i assume like postal care like anybody who could possibly come in contact with this like secret envelope from knowing which person had cast the ballot inside so they're hiding the identity of the person casting this ballot great love the secrecy envelope then goes into a second envelope Stop it. <laughs> i'm telling you this is why i included this this is i needed to know this information and i found this infinitely interesting i think it's amazing it's like it's amazing Put that box in a box. I'm gonna put that box yeah. inside another box, and I'm gonna mail that box to myself, and then I'll smash it with a hammer. Anybody seen Emperor's New Group? <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I love that movie. That movie's so funny. 
it's a perfect film and it's, i just butchered a quote from it it's perfect this is but this is like the russian doll of balloting is what yeah, they're doing that's literally it's, what it is yeah true so then they so they put this secret envelope into a second envelope and that is delivered to the election officials each voter must sign the outside of that second envelope then the voter can mail the ballot back to their local election office in some places postage is already paid but in others voters need to put on one or more stamps disagree with that everybody they're not perfect but like okay like they're they're really going like they're they're really they've thought this through alternatively the voter can take this second envelope with its contents to one of several drop-off boxes set up around each community in the state so if you don't want to like put on the extra postage you can drive to the wherever which still means you have to pay for gas but like we're there you know forest for the trees <laughs> i was trying to like what does what does this action this mean, mean? <laughs> i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna be there when you get there <laughs> <laughs> so then when the ballots arrive at the local election office the name and signature on the envelope are compared to the official registration records if the signatures don't match, the voter is notified by mail and given the opportunity to correct or explain the discrepancy. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I was like, that is some serious. That's serious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm assuming it's like a computer and an algorithm that's running these things and not like, oh, you know, sure. like the 75-year-old man who's like, I don't know. That R looks suspicious. And then... Each outer envelope, the one that the voter signs, has a unique barcode printed on it that lets voters track the status of their ballots after they have either mailed them or dropped them off. And that is the sexiest thing I think I've ever read. It's very hot. It's super hot. It's very hot. I just, in just hearing this, in just hearing what Sweet Sweet Oregon is doing, I'm like, how, there is no argument. I mean, there's already no argument, but there is literally no argument for fraud within mail-in voting. There are so many steps that they have taken to prevent voter fraud within mail-in ballots that I'm like, you just haven't done the research if you think that there is widespread fraud. Like, sure, every now and then you get a bad egg, for sure. But, like, widespread? No, no, there's a secret envelope for God's sakes. Well, I also hope that like somebody is doing the research on, in like the Oregon election process or like, I'm sure somebody has done it. It's been 20 years um, about like just how much fraud there is. I'm sure there's a study out there somewhere that we should be like talking oh, about, sure. but like, I, I'm like, we would know if there was huge voter fraud in Oregon because people would be talking about it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like if yeah. that was a real thing, then like the GOP, the Republicans, you know, everybody would be like, see, see, 50% of these votes invalid. You know, like it would be a thing that we talked about and knew about. Yeah. Also can add in another little fun tidbit here um, from, from the Heritage Foundation. Um, since 2000, there were 250 million votes cast by Mail Nationwide with approximately 204 cases of fraudulent use of absentee ballots, which is less than 0.00006% of mail-in ballots from the last two decades. Wow. I just feel That's like the hottest statistic I've ever heard. It's super hot because you know it's more problematic than that coronavirus because when that shit gets yes. over 1%, we got to worry. Like, <laughs> yes. It was at 1% like last yesterday. It yeah. was like, we're at 1% and it's stressful. Stressful. Yeah. That is a great, that is a great tidbit. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, and that's why it's like, it's interesting to, I mean, obviously Trump is promoting that there is um, like widespread fraud within mail-in voting, obviously, because he wants to create this era that if Biden wins, it's by fraud. Yeah. But it is funny to watch like other Rep uh, Republican, you know, leadership be like mail-in voting is fine yeah we don't believe that there's fraud yeah. republicans please vote <laughs> you know because it actually i forgot i was reading an article about it but it actually hurts republicans a lot to promote this idea that mail in voting it has is fraudulent and is like an unsafe way to vote because it will inherently cause 
I like less Republicans to potentially vote, like, especially if they're concerned about safety and health and all that stuff. Um, mm. It, uh, it certainly is not doing anything for that base to promote this idea that this very obviously um, unsubstantiated claim that there is rampant fraud with mail-in voting. I think that like the request for absentee voting absentee ballots though in florida it were like the democrats used to be really ahead by a wide margin i think it's evened out a little bit in florida i think they're starting to like you know and whatever the causes of that some kind of i'm sure it's you know fear of the democrats winning and whatever it is sure. and the, the covid cases are you know it's I'm look sure it's florida is its own state isn't it they're special they like to they're, shoot down hurricanes. They're special. Shooting it down. <laughs> shooting them down left and right. Yeah, no, uh, I do I do look at Florida as... I mean, there's just also so much Republican money being fl- flooded into Florida because it is such a, you could say, key swing state. So it's not surprising to me if there you're seeing... Mm-hmm. Like fruits of that later. You know, yeah. Sure, yeah. Because like that's why you flood money into key battleground states is to get more like voter turnout yeah another one pennsylvania was actually featured last week on 60 minutes which i would highly recommend they did a Mm. whole special on mail-in voting and fraud and the effect on both parties and some of the court battles they've been having um yeah there was just a recent court decision that came out that I think, ooh, I think I'm right when I say that it allowed Pennsylvania to to continue with mailing out ballots. Am I wrong? Maybe. Not sure. I think you're right. Thank it, you. It's been going into their state Supreme Court. It was yeah. a hot, flaming pile of mess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of court cases that are like um about about like uh the legality of sending out more absentee ballots or making coronavirus like a actual reason to be able to request an absentee ballot you know Mm because like in new york you can click i'm doing an absentee ballot because of literally box checking coronavirus Mm -hmm. um and in other states they're like no 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 can't do that (laughs) so just another one of those cute little quirks about our country so let's talk about 2020 voting by mail, which I know we're already kind of talking about, but yep. let's um let's dig into some some stuff that's going on right now. So this is coming from the big CNN article that has everybody It's everybody and their mother uh contributing to it. How much do you think it costs to write that? What? To write what? The CNN article. You have like 10 authors. Yeah. I'm like, what? How is everybody contributing to this? Well, I think, like, I, well, because it's it's like it's an article. I mean, the, the I think it's my theory of the case is that a lot of these people are like graphic, statistic people because it's like an interactive swiping thing. Oh, and so I think like yeah. some of them had like I'm sure there's like research about like what yeah. like the words on the page, and then I'm sure there's like somebody's job was to like animate the motion of it. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Love that. Love yeah. that. Okay, so from this group effort at CNN, requests for absentee and mail-in ballots have increased across the country as states have adjusted their policies to give voters a safe alternative to voting in person amid the COVID-19 pandemic. Yes, we know, we love, we see. While (laughs) President Donald Trump has questioned the reliability of mail-in voting, experts, as we just talked about, say it is safe and secure. But this year, counting votes is most likely going to take longer than usual because many states will allow extra time for ballots to arrive after Election Day, as long as they are postmarked on or before November 3rd. So this is also an important time to say if you are voting absentee, great, God bless, send it in as soon as you get it. Like, there's no reason to hold on to it uh you truly there's you don't have to wait until november 3rd to send it in like in fact it will be better to send it in before so do it if you've made up your mind which way you're voting exactly right of course don't yeah. just willy-nilly it I, you know yeah. do the research but uh but if for some reason you don't know that you can send it in immediately or you know within 
a couple days of receiving it, I want you to know that you can. Mm -hmm. And request your ballots as soon as possible because while it varies on a state-by-state basis, those deadlines are approaching in the next like two weeks-ish for most. So that's really good information. That's good information to have. Yep. And of course it varies by state. God bless. (laughs) Ah, yes. So as Chelsea pointed out earlier, nine states, so that's Washington, Oregon, Nevada, California, Utah, Hawaii, Colorado, Vermont, and New Jersey, plus the District of Columbia, will conduct their elections primarily by mail by automatically sending ballots to registered voters. Another 36 states will allow any voter to request a ballot to vote by mail, Voters need to provide an acceptable excuse to vote by mail in the remaining five states, Indiana, Louisiana, Mississippi, Tennessee, and Texas. There you go. Love them. Love them. Yep. So if you're in those five states, there's probably a chance that you cannot vote by mail if your excuse is, you know, wanting to avoid the COVID pandemic. I would look into what those restrictions are, still see if it's possible if you want to, um, but also look into early voting if that is something that happens in your state. That is also a really great way to avoid potential pandemic exposure is voting early. Like some states like New York, we just started early voting. So a couple of the weekends and days before November 3rd, polls are open and you can go in and vote and there's less peop- a lot less people there. And it is still a safe and secure way to cast your ballot. Voters casting their ballots by mail will need to send them early enough to arrive in time to be counted. And it's it's pretty split, like half and half, what the deadlines are. There are 26 states that will only count ballots that arrive before or on November 3rd. So it has to be in the hands of the election officials by November 3rd. The remaining 24 states plus the District of Columbia will all count ballots that are postmarked on or before election day, even if they arrive later. The states that will accept ballots after election day represent 349 of the nation's 538 electoral college votes, or 65%. So those 24 states that are like, as long as it's postmarked by November 3rd, we will accept your ballot, those states account for 65% of the electoral college votes, which as much as we all might love a popular vote election, that ain't what we got in our fair country. So yeah. there's so that's also one reason why why a lot of people think we might not know the results of the election right away, unless it's a complete landslide one way or other, you know, because if they haven't, if, if it's postmarked and we don't know, you know, how, you know, the they haven't counted the the votes in Ohio from the mail-in ballots, you know, like we, it might just come down to something like that. So the states where you can, where it's, it has to be postmarked by November 3rd are Alaska, California, the District of Columbia, Georgia, Illinois, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Minnesota, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, North Carolina, North Dakota, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Texas, Utah, Virginia, Washington, West Virginia. I'm, that was so impressive that you did that all from the state, ac- <laughs> like the state acronym or initials. I, w- I would have messed. It was the most stressful thing I think I've done in a very long time. <laughs> just found out another fun little tidbits. I feel like I'm just full of them today. You're fun. Just like shitting out tidbits. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh i think the constitution says that the election has to be determined by december 8th regardless of what's going on that is a good tidbit yeah so we will have a winner by then yeah however it is very unlikely we will not be knowing that at three o'clock in the morning you know on the fourth correct correct and any attempt to try to declare a winner on november 3rd and or the early morning hours of november 4th is a attempt to suppress the votes of potentially millions and millions of voters whose ballots have not yet been counted so let's keep that in mind because that will inevitably be 
attempted. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Drop that mic. The vein in my forehead is protruding. <laughs> Are those laughs and tears of joy or? You tell me, am I laughing or crying? <laughs> you tell me. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure anymore. I can't feel my face. So, <laughs> anyways, back to uh, yes, yes. When so, to post postmark, not postmarked. Yeah. So, so all of those dates, as long as you get them in, they're postmarked by November third. They will be counted. Many of those states have a grace period of about a week for postmark ballots to allow them to like travel to the appropriate place and make their way through the mail system. Washington state allows the longest grace period. Any ballots that arrive before November 23rd, nearly three weeks after election day, will still be counted in Washington state as long as they are postmarked by November 3rd. So, you know, there's, there is like some kind of ambiguous deadline in each state, but like, yeah. Okay. Okay, we've got a, we've got a week to get things from point A to point B within the state. Yeah. Okay. Okay. For voters who are unable to vote by mail or would rather vote in person, all but five states offer some form of early in-person voting to all voters. An excuse is necessary to vote early in person in the states of Mississippi, Missouri, and South Carolina. Like, uh, an excuse to vote early? To vote sure. early. Why are you here? Okay. Okay. Who do you think you are? To vote What early. gives you the right? So crazy. New Jersey and Oregon allow a limited number of early in-person voting because their elections will be conducted entirely by mail. Love. Yeah. Yeah. And lastly, according to a new CNN poll, I just found this interesting. According to a new CNN poll in which 34% say they would prefer to vote to vote by mail in the presidential election, 22% say they want to vote early at a polling place. And just 43% say they would, they would prefer to vote in person on election day, which is a 10% point, or sorry, a 10 point increase over the share who voted by mail in 2016, 20, which was 24%, according to the U.S. Election Assistance Commission. Sure. So more, more people want to vote by mail this yeah. election. Yeah. Which, yeah, that adds up. Yeah. I mean, it's a pandemic, mm-hmm. you know? A plus B equals C. Yes. In my mind. How will you two be voting? What's your voting plan? I'll start with mine. I'm doing in, I'm voting absentee. That's what I'm doing. I plan to do the same. Love it. Yes. I'm going to go vote in person. Love. Are you going early or on the day? I'm going to go on the day. Perfect. Heck yeah. Get that stick. Hell yeah. You can, I mean, you can't because there's, probably no way that i will be at your polling place in inwood because i think i will be on a place in brooklyn but on the off chance if you if you see me at a polling place in brooklyn as a poll worker say hi hi say hi lizzie you're a poll worker and i'll be like yes go vote thank you for voting (laughs) voting voting is the sexiest thing you can do it's this and automatically makes you hot like and that's not coming from me that's coming from you know science I do have, there's a picture, not to get too personal, but one of my um, pictures on my dating profile is me holding my hand up and I wrote vote on my knuckles oh my God. after I voted. And so it's just like a picture of like, and I wrote it in Sharpie and then went to go vote. And I'm not going to lie to you. It is the picture that gets the most likes. So Lizzie is statistically not wrong. <laughs> statistically yeah. science uh, tells us that it's hot if you vote. Yep. And... If you need to put it, you should, I feel like everybody, you know what? If you have a dating profile right now, you should put a picture of you encouraging people to vote. That's sexy. That's hot. That means that you are invested in the future, that you are invested in, in, you know, making people's lives better and getting involved. I'm sorry. That's really hot. And practically, you know, like if you post that picture, in theory, the people who are like, this is the picture of yours that I like, I'm also attracting people to me who are like-minded, who right. also value those things. And that is very comforting. Very yeah. reassuring. Absolutely. Yep. Because like, if you don't like to vote or don't believe that it's important, then I'm weeding you out of possi- of a possible match for me. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. As we all should. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 
truly shout out to my boyfriend who right before starting to record this podcast, he sent me a picture, a screenshot of uh, the like message you get after you um, request your absentee ballot, Aww. letting me know that he had requested it. You know what, honey? You're yes, hot. Honey. You're hot. And he literally said his caption with the photo was this will make you happy. And he he gets me. He gets me. Ugh. Well Good. done. Good. Well, shout out to shout out to my piece of ass who is voting in this election. <laughs> <laughs> Proud of you, babe. Proud of you. <laughs> but um, but that's our that's what we have for for information on mail in voting. Chelsea, do you have anything else you want to add? Anything that you feel like we didn't cover or missed out, or other important fun tidbits that you have in your back pocket? I think. The only other thing I would say, I think you guys did a fantastic job. You really hit all of the important points. <laughs> you gave the historical context. Now we know why and what we're doing. Mm -hmm. The only thing I would add is a little quote from Dear Ruth. Oh, Dear Ruth. yes. Give it to us. It's fight for the things that you care about, but do it in a way that will lead others to join you. So uh, it's really important to make your own voting plan and making sure that you're sharing it with others, sharing the knowledge that you're gaining from places like Let's Get Civical or March to the Polls or wherever you're getting your news, hopefully in a nonpartisan way. But very important that you are, are taking that information and making sure those around you have their voting plans too. That's a Hell great yeah. final message. I love that. I love that. Yep. I love that. We support that 130%. And yeah, what a beautiful note to end on. So the only thing else I will say is everybody, please check out March to the Polls at March to the Polls underscore. Sign up for their newsletter, follow them. And like Chelsea said, get your voting plan. Ask your friends and your family what their voting plan is. Truly, we have everything to lose by not voting. And I mean that sincerely. And as always, if you like what you hear, you can find us on Instagram at Let's Get Civical. You can rate us, you can review us, and you can subscribe to us. We love you so, so much. And we will see you next Wednesday. Goodbye.